a Telltale Pod production. Spirit Bird by Jasbinda Belan Chapter 9 Leaving our house behind me, I run light-footed through the amber-smudged night towards Jeevan's farm buildings, blood pounding loudly in my ears. Once I reach the crest of the hill, I hunker behind the row of shivering neem trees, just in case his papa has arrived early. I peer around the tree to check it's all clear, and cautiously trip the final few metres to the shed, but Jeevan's already there, pacing backwards and forwards in front of the loaded cart. Everything okay? I ask, trying to read his expression in the low light. His forehead is creased with worry. He slides his eyes away from me. Clasps his hands together, then blows the fringe off his face. I will my heart to slow down. What's the matter, Jivan? Something's happened, hasn't it? My palms are sweaty and I'm afraid of what he's about to say. He begins, quietly. I'm really sorry. I've thought it over and over again, but... But what? I can't go with you. What did you say? The night air suddenly feels heavy, and I find it hard to breathe. If anything happened to me, I wouldn't know what to do. I don't understand you, Van. I I thought you were my best friend. I thought you'd do anything for me. He tries to put his arm around me, but I push him away and storm outside. My face is burning. I don't need you! The words we both know aren't true hang awkwardly in the midnight air. You you remember what happened to my brother? Yes, you told me. Jeevan's younger brother caught a fever when he was five and the doctor didn't get there in time. I know I should say something to make him feel better, but I just can't. I can't leave my ma like he did, he says hugging his arms around himself and leaning against the shed. Neither of us speaks. How will my mal cope if anything happens to me? I say in a loud whisper. Then she won't have Papa or me. I remember her silence at supper and the way her tears were just a blink away. I turned my buck on him, my throat aching from holding down the sob. And then my anger explodes. How dare you! You practically forced me to go and see the witch. You told me that I have to find Papa. And now, now at the last minute, you're leaving me to do it all by myself. I swivel round and punch him in the arm hard. Then I look at the floor to stop myself from crying. Ow! Stop it! Look, I'm I'm sorry, Usher! He holds me by the shoulders and tries to turn my face towards him. Look at me! 
but I struggle out of his grip and stomp away. I'm shaking now, unable to see anything but a watery veil, and I sense my heart form a tight fist against anything he might say to make himself feel better. I promise I'll help your ma and look after Rowan and Rupert as if they were my own little brother and sister. I, I, I won't let that mean a woman or her thugs anywhere near that farm. I keep my arms firmly crossed, refusing to speak. Maybe when we get to the market I could give you a signal to get away? I close my eyes and clasp my pendant. Nanaji, if you are listening, help me to be strong. Help me on this journey. Jivan searches in his bag and hands me a map. I shove it away. Don't worry, I've got my own. My voice trembles. I've measured everything carefully. I don't need yours. No, suit yourself then. He takes a few steps towards the path leading away from the sheds and turns as if to go and then twists round to face me. Do you want it or not? I edge a little closer, peering at him from under my lashes, watching as he opens up the map under the nearly full moon. The paths are highlighted in different colours and there are funny little pictures to cheer me up along the way and he's even put our favourite constellations in. But when he pushes it towards me, I still don't take it, so he rolls it up and puts it into my bag. I stay stubbornly silent, but leave it there. I don't know if you want it, but I've brought you this. He holds out the penknife his papa gave him for his last birthday. It'll come in handy, and you'll need it more than me, and I've sharpened some sticks for you, just in case you need weapons. I reluctantly take his offerings, but my furious disappointment glows like a burning coil at the back of my throat, and all I can do is shrug, like I don't care anymore. His face is rigid, as though he's trying hard to keep his feelings from spilling out. I put a blanket in the cart to make it softer. I'll be back in an hour or so. And I'll make sure you get away once we're in Sonahar. You'll do it, Asher. You're strong. Remember, it's written in your lines. He leaves me alone, surrounded by the vast night sky. Part of me wants to follow him, run home as fast as I can, wake Ma up and tell her how much I love her. I only wish he'd turn back, call and tell me he's changed his mind, but he's gone. And I only hear the chilly mountain wind whistling down the valley. The village houses down in the hollow cling to each other in the ash-grey light, shadowy ghost-like figures shrouded in the heavy mist. I'm not sure I believe any of Chitragupta's predictions now. It's just me, no one else. My insides are jungling with nerves, but I'm doing what Ma told me to do. Working things out for myself, making my own decisions. I grasp my pendant and sense its energy and rhythm, releasing an invisible force, as if I'm reaching back across time, touching ancient spirits. 
I find my words again at last, and they fly from the embers like a phoenix rising, filled with renewed strength. I shake my hair free, and I feel the icy breeze blowing it back. I'm Asher, with the mountain green eyes, I howl. I'll ride like the fearless warrior goddess Durga on the back of an amber-striped tiger, shooting flame-hot arrows, unleashing my anger against injustice. I will bring my papa home! That was another Tell a Tale Pod production. Remember that you can follow, share and find more of our podcasts at tellatalepod.podbean.com.